This is the Drummer's Resource Podcast, session 503. And the quote of the day is, your self-worth is determined by you. You don't have to depend on someone telling you who you are. You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast, home of in-depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers, music industry professionals, and thought leaders. Inspiration, education, and motivation for drumming, and beyond, and beyond, and beyond. What's up, everybody? Nick Ruffini here. This is episode 503 of the Drummer's Resource Podcast. And since we've hit 500 episodes, we're doing a huge giveaway where you can win a bunch of cool prizes. It's free to enter. You can go to drummersresource.com forward slash giveaway. And there, we're not just talking like t-shirts and whatever. Like This is some serious gear. We're giving away stuff from LP and DW, Big Fat Snare Drum, ProLogic's Percussion, Ultimate Ears. Uh, there's a ton, Dream Symbols. There's a ton of, of different brands who are participating and some really, really amazing prizes. So if you would like to enter to win, just go to drummersresource.com forward slash giveaway. Get yourself on that list and we'll be picking the winners here very quickly. So uh, do that, drummersresource.com forward slash giveaway. So let's get into it. This conversation today with Mason Guidry and this conversation I could have had for five hours. We get really deep on finding yourself. We get really deep on being true to yourself, self-awareness. And Mason really lays out like a a three-step process of how you would do that. So it's really, really enlightening. And again, I could have had this conversation for five at 10 hours. We could have kept going. Uh, but, you know, at some point you have to you have to cut it off. And I would not be surprised if I see him back here for episode or part two of, of this conversation because there's a ton of great information in here. And I want to get right into it. So let's not waste any more time and let Mason do his thing. Here we go. Oh, wait, quick note. You should know that Mason and I were already having a conversation about symbols and everything. And it was already rolling so I just figured let's just start there. That's why it seems like the interview just kind of starts abruptly. So just figured you should know that. Here we go. I've always been like a Zildjian head, but that's just because I, I grew up playing jazz, fusion, mm-hmm. fusion jazz and jazz. And Zildjian was always just around. And then, you know, going to Nam forever, and seeing Bosphorus there and um, Istanbul, Agop, and like mm-hmm. all of those really high-end, true Turkish cymbal companies. Um, I always thought that like Zildjian was like the thing. Like, man, Zildjian till the day I die. And then one day I was on tour and um, there was a situation that happened and I didn't have any cymbals. And I was in... Uh, I was on tour at Jonathan Scales, and let's see, where was I? I was in, I was in Florida. Uh, I forgot the name of the town. Oh, it's called Dunedin, Dunedin, mm-hmm. Florida. And I was playing at this place, and there's this guy named Justin Dunfrey, who's been like, he started off as like a like a fan, and then like he reached out, and then we became super super close friends, and he's like this this symbol genius. So he had these proto, he had these symbols. He brought me some Zildjian's. He just had an archive of very, very special symbols that like one-offs, like, like one of one prototype stuff by like Zildjian and uh, Istanbul and Bosphorus. 
Where so, did he get them all? Did he just buy them? Or? Yeah, he designed them. Oh. oh. He designed them. And he's like, a, he's like a scientist of like simple designing. And he's just a regular dude. He's just, he's just like a, a guy who just enjoys playing drums. But, you know, he really, he really has a keen ear for like simple taste. And I've played Bosphorus. Like I would go to NAMM and test them out. But, you know, at, at NAMM, the room, the hall is so big. There's so many frequencies. And it's, it's just like light pollution. It's like, okay, you can see the Big Dipper. And you can see the Big Dipper in New York, but you can't see the stars in between. Right. But then if you go to like Frankfurt, Germany, and you stand out on the street corner, it's like you can look in. It's very hard to find the Big Dipper, even though you know it's there because there's no light pollution. It's the same way with sound. So it's like, I'll go to NAMM, and it's like, even though you're testing the symbol, you're trying to hear the symbol, you just can't because there are so many frequencies in the air from, from the, 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 the base place that's three doors down and then some dude whacking a snare that's, that's uh, two vendors down and then you got this dude that's doing a workshop over here. You know, So there's yep. like so much sound in here and it kind of drowns out the cymbals. So I never really got a chance to hear Bosphorus. But at this particular show, I was scrambling. So I called everyone in Florida that I possibly knew. And Justin came to the show, and it, we played there two nights in a row. Um, the second night, he brought a care package, and he said, Mason, you should have told me like you needed some cymbals. I, I have a ton of stuff just sitting here, and I would love for you to try it. So he brings this care package over to the gig, I go, in, I go into like the green room, super quiet, and I grab one of my sticks, and I'm just going through all of these cymbals. I play the Zildjian ones, and I'm like, yeah, I want these Zildjians. He's like, he's like, okay, but I really think you should try these. I'm like, nah, okay, I'll try them, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to play the Zildjians. So I tried, he designed these two cymbals, and they're pretty much like one of ones. They were the same design, but reversed. Um, one of them had a raw top um, from bell to the, to, to the edge on the top. The bottom was natural, but it was over hammered and it had like a, a, like a natural lading to it. It was a 22 inch ride symbol. Mm. And I tried it and I'm like, oh my God, I have never. And like for me, I, I play jazz. I'm a jazz drummer, jazz fusion drummer. So for me, like my ride, like the ride symbol is a very, very important thing to me. Like Everything. a very, very, very important sound. Right. Just, just as important as my snare. Yeah. Like I but, would. I mean, I would. I I would ask you if maybe if it's even more important. It, it is more important because yeah. you know when I'm when I'm swinging or when I go to the ride, it's like at that point a snare just becomes a comp instrument. Like your right. ride is now your voice. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hat. Like hi hats and rides to me are everything, and like splashes crashes effects stacks all of that kind of evolves around the characteristics of my ride and hi-hats right so i played this ride and i'm my jaw just dropped i had never because i also does i designed a few symbols as well there's this guy named um uh lance campo who lives in mm -hmm. Montreal, who makes ride who makes symbols out of 304 gauge stainless steel. You know what? I feel like I've played those. I think my buddy Dylan got a package 
in the mail and they were they're all stainless steel they were all stainless steel symbols i don't know if it's the same guy or not but go ahead sorry yeah this guy so he had this 22 inch ride symbol um he overhammered it and you know stainless steel it's pliable so it's not as it's pliable it's not as uh stiff or as solid as bronze or brass could be because Mm -hmm. like we like we can you know how it is when you crack a symbol it cracks right right. when you play stainless steel stainless steel is a pliable metal that's why they use it in construction because you can bend it you can weld it but stainless steel is is it also has a different compound scientifically so when you hit it its sound and its vibrations, because it's a different material other than bronze, it has a totally different sound. And I think that ride symbol was, it was a prototype. It was a one of one. I designed it and he sent it to me and I played that thing. And stainless steel, I was told that, you know, it will never break because it's pliable. So when you hit it, the symbol will bend. If you hit it hard enough, the symbol will bend. But you can grab a pair of pliers and bend that bend out but the symbol will never crack just right. like Mythbusters, right. just like Mythbusters <laughs> turned out to be that turned out to be a bust <laughs> I, after playing that ride for some time I, I cracked the hell out of it um <laughs> and i have another one that my drum tech still has which is another one of my favorite rides but then i got when i played this boss for symbol it was another one of those experiences that i had never heard a symbol sound like this ever in my life and then I tried the other one. And when I tried this other prototype symbol, which was like the same design but opposite, um, mm-hmm. dude, I was sold. Like, I never wanted to play Zildjian ever again. And I was just, uh, I was kind of upset because it's like I had known about Bosphorus all this time, but I had just never heard the instrument in such a pure context. And the symbol sounded so great that it actually changed the way that I approached Kit. And to me, it's about the instrument. How, how so? How so? I, like for me, I'm inspired by. I'm in, I, It's it's super cool because it's cool to just play drums, but then it's another thing to be inspired by the instrument you play. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can sit down on a drum set and a drum set just sounds like a drum set. A cymbal is a cymbal, a tom is a tom. But I think your playing character and your sound character comes from how you tune and how your cymbal sound. And this particular ride cymbal was handmade. Actually, all of Bosphorus cymbals are handmade from start to finish. They do not touch one machine. There's like Mm -hmm. 15 to 30 dudes who sit in a room with a hammer and just literally make these symbols and it's like really really insane so like this particular symbol um there's different spots on the symbol that have different tones and tritones um in e major Mm -hmm. so it's like i play other instruments and it's like when i grab a mallet or when i hold the ride symbol and i hit it in certain places it's like it's an octave here, and then it's a fourth here, but it's a tritone of an E major. So it's like I have never, I, I had never experienced that in a ride symbol ever. 
neither. I mean, I don't know. If, I don't think that you probably have. You definitely have a better ear than I do. I don't even know if I would notice that. Yeah, it, it was crazy. And and you know, like with Zildjian and like Sabian and like Mino and like lots of the other companies, um, they want to ensure. You know, it's all about quality control because if if Steve Gadd is recording and he cracks a he cracks a a K a K custom eighteen inch crash, Zildjian mm-hmm. wants to ensure that if we send him the exact same crash symbol and throw it on his drum set, it's it will have the same tone, the same pitch, the same right. thing. Right. With Bosphorus and Istanbul Agop, there all of those symbols are handmade, so they're not perfect. Like, they're not perfect. What you get is what you get. Right, right. You know? And yeah, because there's, there's, there's more, of a, more of a human element involved. Right. Yeah. Like, for example, I have, right now with my bag, I have three 18-inch crashes. Mm-hmm. They're all marked as 18-inch crashes, and every single one of them is a different size. <laughs> Like relative to 18 inches, but they're all marked as 18. But when you hold them, like when you stack them on top of each other, you can see that the top one is smaller than the middle one and the middle one is smaller than the bottom one. Right. And to me, that's just beautiful. And it inspires me because that translates through the instrument. So when I'm playing the show, when I was playing the show on this ride the very first time, I was inspired by the instrument. The instrument was causing me to approach my creativity in a way that I had never been presented by my instrument. It's, it's one thing to play the drums, but then it's another thing to be inspired by the instrument you play. It's like the instrument is talking back to you or the instrument that you play is giving you options to express creativity. Right. Not just a drum set being an instrument and it's something there that gives you the same sound every single time. Mm-hmm. You know, and it kind of changes perspective on, you know, when you're playing an instrument that that's just so, you know, it's inspiring. And yeah, for sure. I've been I've been playing Bosphorus ever since, ever since. It's so interesting to me that because if you get, you know, if you get another symbol or if you're playing, you know, if you're playing somewhere and you're using backline symbols and they bring you Bosphorus and they're different, then that could theoretically affect the way that you play. I don't want to say affect because that almost sounds like a bad thing, but it could, it could change the way that you're playing and inspire you to play a different way or, or express yourself differently, like from a sonic standpoint, or I understand the sort of intricacies of the symbol, but I've never thought about it like that, about how it could change, you know, night from night, depending on where you're playing, if you're on tour, if you're not, if you don't have your own symbols with you, that's interesting, and I wonder, you know, is that a is that a good thing for everyone, or is that a good thing for people who enjoy that, right? Like yeah. if you, but if you if if you're thrown off by by nuances and differences, and you go to a different place and you're using the symbol, uh, the same quote unquote same symbol that you normally use, and you're like, whoa, this feels different, or it sounds different, or or this or that, you know, I don't know if I don't know if that could throw people, you know, in a in a uh, into a spiral. I think it could because because you 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 have people who you have people who perceive things the way that they see them 
because of either how they learned or how it was presented to them. Mm -hmm. And that same principle applies to life just as much as it does music. You have people who have certain views or people who believe in certain things or approach life a certain way because of their upbringing mm -hmm. or what they were exposed to. So if, if a homeless person walks up to you and gives you a burger, you're going to be like, nah, man, I'm good because you don't know that person and you don't trust them. But if your father were to give you a burger, you would eat it without asking any second questions. Right. It's because of your perception. It's because of how you were raised. And, you know, something as simple as like being inspired by a symbol. Some people get uncomfortable with new territory. Some people become uncomfortable when they experience a freedom that they're not used to. For example, I use the analogy of when I talk about like musicians getting out of their comfort zone, mm -hmm. I use a jail cell as a perfect example. Okay. The analogy goes like this. Imagine you and me are in a jail cell and we are, we're both drummers and we were born in this jail cell and this jail cell is all that we know. Okay. Mm -hmm. This jail cell is home for us. This is all we've known. So even though we're in captivity, and we've never experienced freedom in our minds because we've been in this place the entire time, we kind of find security in it. Mm -hmm. So imagine walking up to the jail cell door after being in it for 15 years, and then you lean up against the door by accident to find out that it was unlocked the entire time. Mm. Now your heart starts beating because you're like, whoa, 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 hold on. This door just opened and there's a world out here that I've never seen or experienced. So you step outside of the jail cell. Now you realize that you're free, but because you've never experienced freedom and you don't understand freedom, you put yourself back in the jail cell because you're scared to explore freedom. Yeah. And, and that's why people never grow because they're so used to their perception. They're so used to the way that they do things. And it's hard to evolve. You know, if, if, you know, it's like, I'm super into aviation and science and aeroscience. Me too. So if it wasn't for, if it wasn't for the invention of missiles and rockets, okay, it took a mind to say, okay, let's perfect this instrument of transportation, or let's change our perspective. Let's not use rocket technology to blow something up, but let's think about using rockets as a transportation vehicle. But it takes a very brave person to say, you know what, let me take the risk. Let me take the risk. Let me take the sacrifice to experience and expand my mind on something that has never on uncharted territory. Mm -hmm. It takes lots of courage to do that. It takes being true to yourself and, and going through ridicule and 
people saying you never will or people disagreeing and people giving their opinions as to what you are doing, it's okay. Yeah. But when you think about the people who lost their lives and you think about where we are in terms of space travel and technology today, if it wasn't for those people in the very beginning who wanted to take that risk, then we never would be where we are today. And it's the same. And that's like the same thing as what I'm talking about. Like, it's like, you know, lots of people can't evolve. They can't grow because they were born in this prison. And when you, when you do experience freedom because you've never experienced freedom, you think that freedom is wrong. Mm -hmm. So then what happens is, is one day you wake up or say somebody gets out of the prison cell, closes the door and walks away and never comes back. Right. Mm -hmm. Time passes. And, and even as a musician, it's like, okay, I grew up playing this certain way. I grew up seeing things like this in this prison cell. It is what it is. This is how I was raised. This is where I come from. This is what I believe. Boom. Cool. You get out of your box and now you experience freedom and you live life. Now you realize that there is more to life than your prison cell. You realize that there's different genres. You realize that there are different techniques. You realize that there are different walks of life, different cultures of music, different rhythms, different odd times, different everything. Mm -hmm. And then you get exposed to this stuff. And now you're like, whoa. Now, there's, at that point, there's two ways you can go about it. You can say, you know what? This isn't really for me. Let me go back to my prison cell. Or you can say, you know what? This isn't for me, but I can evolve from it. It's just like your body. When you put food into your body, your body takes what it needs and gets rid of the waste. Mm -hmm. And when you look at, when you look at your growth or when you look at what inspires you the same way, you should always be able to learn from something and grow from something, no matter how uncomfortable it makes you feel. Mm -hmm. You know, I can, I can watch a musician or a drummer that may not be my cup of tea, but always walk away with something that can help me evolve, something right. that can help me grow. Because yeah. every human has something that cannot be replicated. That one thing is called the mind. That's what makes us all different. We all have brains, but the thing is, is that we all have different minds and we all have different hearts and nobody thinks the same. But what's crazy mm -hmm. is, is you have these people who approach life with the mentality of it's easier to copy than it is to be true to yourself. Why do you think that is? Because this and and all of this is extremely interesting to me and, and something that I very much believe in as well. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that a lot of the reasons why people don't succeed at the things that they want to exceed, the way the way that they act, the way that they accomplish things, the way, you know, the way that they approach things all comes back to mindset. Right. So mentality. So your mentality for sure. Right. So so you're saying you know, so why do you, why do you think, uh, 
and forgive me for exactly what you just the the way that you just said it. I forget exactly the way you just said it, but um, why do you think that we sort of have these hangups? Why do we? Why do you think that uh, that you know people have this this limiting mindset? I think it's because humans are logical people, and if we cannot wrap our mind around something, we can't understand something, we will resist it. Mm-hmm. If we don't understand something, we will resist it. Perfect example. In school, you may have a kid who is a behavior problem. Why is he, why is he a behavior problem? Why is he acting the way that he is acting? The main reason is, is because he's dealing with a subject, he or she is dealing with a subject that they do not understand. So mm-hmm. instead of admitting their ignorance, they hide it by changing their behavior, by being disruptive, by making people laugh, by being a class clown, because that takes the attention off of them being dumb. Right. Not knowing. But when you have a teacher who comes in and says, you know what, this person is a good person, this person is a good kid, it's just that he's acting like this because he doesn't know. And then you have that assistant who pulls that student aside and starts helping them with whatever the struggle is. Now that the kid starts to understand how to do these math problems, now he knows how to do it. So now that he's been introduced to how to figure out the problem, now, he can't wait for the next opportunity to exercise what he's just learned. So now he's determined to, go, to get in the class and tackle this work because, oh, now I know how to do it. Let me see if I can get this right. Let me see if I can solve this problem. Mm-hmm. It becomes a quest for, it becomes a quest for I, I guess, evolving. And I feel like people hinder themselves themselves from evolving because of their mentality. Mm-hmm. Everything that happens in life is a choice and a result of what you do, not what somebody else's opinion is, not because of what somebody says or does. Everything that happens in each of our individual lives as far as how we progress, evolve, all of that is everyone's individual decision and choice and mentality. And I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of people hit a brick wall because they want to understand certain things that they cannot wrap their mind around. Right. So instead of going through the process of evolving, which is a word that everybody knows called growing pains, Growing chains don't feel good, but they are necessary to grow and evolve. Nobody so wants me, to go through the growing pain. Well, of course. Of course. I mean, we're we're naturally designed to take the path of least resistance to right. our brains are made to conserve energy because we never know when you know, from like a from from a a physiological standpoint, we're meant to conserve energy because we never know if we're going to have to run from a lion or something right. like that. Right. Right. So we always, we always take the path of least resistance because our brains are wired from sort of like, like, you know, our ancestors that 
we our brains are wired for immediate gratification right because there was no long-term gratification years ago but now it's the complete opposite and the gratification is actually better long-term but our brains don't work that way Mm -hmm. uh so that's why i think that's why you know no one likes the growing pains but I, i had a question for you about about this like about evolving about about the growing pains so if i say listen mesa i agree like i i think that i want to I think that, you know, something is missing or I, I, I feel like I need to grow or I need to be more open and I need to change my mentality. I need to change my mindset. That's all well and good. Tomorrow morning when I wake up, what do I do? Where do I start? How do I start this process? Because I always think you don't know what you don't know. And so it's sort of like I want to get in shape, but I have no idea how to do it. I don't know. You know like I don't I know nothing about diet and exercise. I've never, you know, like not saying me, but if you if you if you've never learned any of this before what do you do tomorrow morning when you wake up and how do you start going down that that path of evolving first step is being true to yourself and knowing that the journey that you want to now embark on is a decision that you want to make not something that you're doing because of someone else it starts it always starts with you do you think that most so, people make their make their decisions based on other people's opinions or perspectives or I absolutely do think that. I think that is a thing because we live in a I society. Do too. We live in a society where people are notarized for what they do, not who they are. Right. When you have a when you have a celebrity who is known by trillions and billions of people right Mm -hmm. but they're respected for their singing or they're respected for their skill or their their athletic abilities but then something something leaks out that oh this person suffers with a drug problem or this person has this and this person now now people start to frown now people start to judge and and well, that's our culture, right? We love to build people up and then we love to knock them down. See, but my thing is, is we are all human and people get so caught up in the glamour of what a person does and not who a person is. Mm-hmm. But if you change that perspective and you realize that we are all human and that anybody can make a mistake at any time, every, it doesn't, I don't care how great you are at anything. We are all living on the same earth in the physical bodies in a real life where real life things happen every single day. That has nothing to do with how fast you run as a track star. That has nothing to do with how great of a drummer you are. That has nothing Mm -hmm. to do with you being the best quarterback in the world. That has nothing to do with you being an actor, an actress. Real right. life has nothing to do with your skill and your occupation. Mm-hmm. But society- well, that's everyone's like, what do you, you meet people? What do you do? And it's like, well, I, you know, I cook and I, right. you know, I go to the gym and I do this. And it's like, no, no, no. What do you do for a living? It's like, why does that matter? Right. I mean, it's interesting and, and it takes up a lot of our time. But or if you say, is that person successful? And if this person doesn't make a lot of money, you would be like, no, they're not very successful. Right. Well, what so, if the what if the person is like extremely happy as a great father and hangs out with his family all the time. And like, is like 
beyond happy and like design that life. Right. That's success to me. Yeah. And right? success, yeah, success is all to success is whatever it is to the person who is trying to succeed at whatever their what level they're trying to get at in their life. That's what success right. is. I hate success, that. Word, success is not what society thinks about you. So going back to your question, I would say that people are conscious about how they are viewed and how mm-hmm. they are viewed and how they are accepted. People seek validation, but you have to get to the point to where you don't care about validation. You know, that's right, why right, I right. say you have to be true to yourself. Think about it. Every drummer on the face of the planet played the exact same way. Like nobody would be able to grow because we would all be playing the exact same thing. But yeah. it would it would take a person, it would take a drummer with their own mind, with their own identity to go against the grain and say, "You know what? I'm going to play, I'm going to be different. I'm going to be me and people are not going to like me for it because I'm different. People are not going to appreciate this because I'm different, but it's okay." Because I'm different, and that's something to be proud about. Yeah, but it's also, scary. It is scary because accepting your own identity means that hmm, accepting your own identity and cultivating your own identity is, I wouldn't say it's hard. I would not say it's hard to do. Well, um, I wouldn't say it's hard to do, but it takes time to do it. And mm-hmm. would you, would you agree that it's a, it's a scary, it's a scary process? Maybe not necessarily for, maybe not necessarily for drums, but like if you go to the, the opposite extreme and, and like, you know, my best friend, uh, for years, uh, was gay and didn't tell anyone. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Right. So. so- that for him, I think, was like that was extremely scary. Well, I don't so like embrace, and then he did, and everyone's like, and he's like so happy now because he's he's like finally this weight is I can just be me, right? You know, and just that's a I think that's a weight off of your shoulder. But I think initially it, it is scary. Well, it just depends on how you look at it. It I it and when I think I think if you're true to yourself and mm-hmm. you are, and you are unapologetically true to yourself. Mm-hmm. Everything that everyone has to say or think about you is nothing but an opinion. And if that person isn't significant in your life, then why should that opinion matter anyway? Right. Like, like um, Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee said in an interview once, he said, it is so easy to get caught up in the feeling and being cocky and being caught up in the movement of, oh, yes, you know, like, you know, getting caught up in the movement and the, the, the visual of what I'm doing. It's so easy in life to get caught up into the things that really aren't important. It's so easy to, it's easy to go down that road. But it is very, very hard to be true to yourself. It is very, very hard. And he said, you know, when I, 
when I want to punch somebody, when I want to punch something, when I want to do it, I am going to do it. And I am going <laughs> to follow through with it because I am determined and I am true to myself. And I know that when I'm going to do this, I am going to do it. And there is nothing or no one that can keep me from doing it because I am determined and I am true to myself to execute this. Yep. And when you close the when you close the door to opinion and you focus on yourself, which I feel like lots of people have a very hard time doing. Mm -hmm. You know, like. We live, Not from a narcissistic standpoint, but right. from a from a sort of introspective self-awareness right. standpoint. And that's a huge that's a buzzword right now. But just introspectively, you know, being able to evaluate yourself and and be honest with yourself and be honest with other people, not as a as a nar narcissistic way. Right. Right. Exactly. And I, I think if everyone would quit trying to focus on other things or how other people live their lives and focus on how you live your life, then you are growing. You are expanding your mind because you are focused. And I'm, I don't mean in a selfish way. Mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't mean, you know, shutting everyone out and just caring about yourself. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that when you, when you have a focus about your destiny and what you want to accomplish and where you see yourself, the only way you can get there is by the decisions you make. And the actions that you take, not listening to other people's opinions, not listening to what other people say or think, you know, mm -hmm. that's very, very, very hard to do. It, it can be hard to do. Yeah. But getting in the place to where you accept yourself and you can look at yourself in the eyes and say, you know what? I'm not perfect. I am human, and every single day I am making an effort to become the best me that I can possibly be, not just at what I do, but at life. If everybody had that vision for themselves, then I think society would be in a different place. All so over do the I. world. All over so the world. So do I. Yeah. I think so many people would... There would be more successful people. There would be less killing. There would be less stealing. There would be mm -hmm. less crime because everybody would not take the easy way to mm -hmm. get what they want because they see the challenge and they realize the importance of their identity and who they are and what they can become to inspire society. Everybody mm -hmm. has a purpose. I feel like everybody has a purpose, but you have to be true to yourself and you have to accept yourself for who you are in order yep. to accept that purpose and to execute that purpose so that you can be who you're supposed to be for the person that's watching you, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. There's, there's yeah. a couple of things that you, that you said there, the, you know, the idea of, of, one sort of being unapolog unapologetically yourself, but also owning up to the not even owning up for the fact, but like being honest with yourself that yes, you you're human, you're not perfect, you make mistakes, everyone struggles with things, 
you know, because now there's so there's so much out there and I, I don't want to like I don't want to attack social media, but there's just there's a lot of quote unquote perfection out there and everyone thinks that everyone's perfect and everyone's life is so great and all this stuff and, and it can make you feel inadequate, you know, right. and if you realize that one, that's everyone's highlight reel and Two, everyone is human and everyone has their own struggles. And and even for me as a as a quote unquote public figure like with the with the podcast, mm-hmm. in the beginning I even struggled sort of with vulnerability of of being honest with people and and letting know that I was still trying to figure some things out. And that quickly went out the door when I realized like people don't want no one wants to see the fake version of you. They want to see the real version of you. So when you, when you talk about struggles that you had, or like when I was starting the podcast, I had no idea what I was doing. I was trying to figure it out as I went, you know, when you, when you start explaining all of those things and so, you know, and when people can put on Instagram, them practicing something and they're like, man, this is, this really sounds like crap. I'm still trying to work on this, but let me just show you what I'm working on. It resonates with people because it's because you realize, Oh, they're human too. Right. They're not this machine that never makes a mistake and has everything all figured out. I got news right. for everyone. Nobody has everything figured out. Right. We're all just works in progress. You know? there, would be, there would be no apt definition for the word evolution or evolving or growing if perfection was, if everybody was perfect. Right. I think they should take the word perfection out of the dictionary. It's, it doesn't mean and it's not a real thing. Right. It literally doesn't exist. Right. Now, now perfection, perfection does exist in terms of something that you are trying to perfect or something that you are trying to make perfect, but Mm -hmm. being perfect is impossible. Yep. So it's, 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 it's very interesting. I want to rewind a little bit about how we were talking, we were saying, okay, like step one, right? You, you. You get real with yourself. You understand mm-hmm. that this is the journey that that you've decided that that you're going to go on. Full ownership. You know, if it's good, it's bad. If I fail, succeed, whatever. I'm owning all of that. Uh, if people hate me for my decisions, love me for my decisions, whatever it is, that is, I'm owning that. Right. 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 That's the first step. So, what happens next? How do you is have you thought about how you know you could help someone else embark the on this journey? Step, the next step. After you, you know, get everything in your head together is now putting yourself in the environment to where the people that you hang around and the things that you do are all geared towards where you're trying to get to. Mm -hmm. Step one mindset, step two, change your environment. Your environment. Because you also have to understand that we are human. And that we are an adaptive species. So we adapt to our environment. We adapt to the people that are around us. And if you are trying to succeed and get to a level of something that you're trying to get to, but the people that you're hanging around do not have that same vision or mentality, you need to change that. If you're Mm -hmm. living in a place or if you're in a place or you hang around a place with people who do not have the same mentality, you need to change that. Mm-hmm. You so, know, it's interesting that uh, talking about environment and they always say like, you're the, you know, you're the, 
you're the sum of the five people that you spend the most time with. But they did a they did an interesting study with with veterans who were coming back from uh, from Vietnam, mm-hmm. and I forget what the percentage was, but it was a high percentage of veterans who at the, who were active at the time in Vietnam who were doing heroin and were addicted to heroin, and they mm-hmm. it was sort of like startling numbers. And so they brought everyone home or, you know, when they brought these people home, they realized that like 98% of them quit cold turkey when they got home. Yeah. And they, they say that heroin is the, you know, the hardest drug to kick. And all of these people, 98% of them all kicked a habit when they got home only merely just from, by changing the environment. Right. Because they're not around it every day. They get home, their wife, you know, their wife and their friends in the neighborhood aren't shooting heroin. Right. And and completely just just by changing environment didn't change anything else and 98% of them quit. So I agree with the I, I totally agree with changing your environment for sure. Yeah, and like even even if you like talk about drums or an instrument, it's like if you're trying we should probably to, talk about drums a little bit. <laughs> if you're trying to evolve or grow, you know, and you, and you find yourself and you keep hitting a brick wall, okay. Now you the first step was, okay, you, you've accepted and you've realized that you keep hitting a brick wall and you want to go in a different direction. You changed your mentality. You realize that it's not going to be an easy road. You have to work your ass off and it is what it is. Cool. The next step is now, now you need to hang around musicians. You need to hang around people who are going to push you and challenge you to do the things and think a certain way that you've never thought before. Mm-hmm. And again, that's your environment. And that's kind of how I grew up. You know, I, I, I have so many crazy stories with so many musicians and people who I was just so hungry. Right. And the environment. Is there a particular story that you have in your head where, where you know, environment really, really changed your, uh, your outlook on things or like a particular situation that you got yourself into that really changed the the trajectory of what you were what you were doing or where you were headed um uh i guess so i mean uh let me think so there was i think when i was about 14 i so i i grew up i grew up around a lot of musicians a lot of people (laughs) a ton of them right and there was one conversation i believe when I was 14, one day I got home from school and I just so I wanted to talk to Ronald Bruner Jr. So I called him. He picked up and I was talking to him and I'm going down this list of drummers who influenced me, records that I'm listening to. And at the time, I, I mean, I also respect him as a, as a crazy drummer as well. So at the time, I was curious. I'm 14, and I'm just like, you know, Ron, what do you think about this guy? What do you think about this guy? What do you think about this guy? What about this guy? And when some, there were certain people, like, and of course, he, he, would, he would give me his opinion. I, like, for example, I'd be like, you know, what do you think about Eric Singer, who's an old school rock drummer? Mm-hmm. And Ronald, you know, he's just like, ah, ah he's, not, he's not my cup of tea, you know, whatever. Okay, what do you think about Ludwig Alfonso? Ah, uh, you know, he's, ah, uh, you know, he's, he's, whatever. He sounds like Vinia to me. Okay, okay, okay. What do you think about Virgil Donati? 
ah, you know, it is what it is. It's whatever. You know, what do you think about, uh, um, I don't know. What do you think about Thomas Lang? Like, I don't know. You know, it is what it is. You know, he's good. Okay, okay, okay. And to me, that was a super eye-opening thing. Because, like I told you before, even though something is not your cup of tea, it is better for you, (laughs) no pun intended, it's better for you to drink that cup of tea, even though it's not your (laughs) cup of tea. It's better for you to take it because your body, okay, there are certain nutrients that your body will not get if you avoid drinking the tea altogether. But even though it's something that you don't like, that's healthy, if you drink that tea, you may not like it, but it's doing your body a lot of good. Right. And that's, that's when I learned that lesson about having an open mind. Um, because my thing was, is like, I remember his responses to, the, to some of the drummers that I was mentioning. And I said, you know what? Now I'm going to be my own person. Like, I understand how he feels and how he, you know, how he listens to the drummers and how they, how he's inspired by them or not inspired by them or whatever. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know what? That's his opinion. My opinion is, as I think Virgil Donati is one of the dopest drummers on the face of the planet Earth. Right. You know? And I don't care if you don't like him. I don't care if there's, he's not your cup of tea. I think he's dope. And I'm going to study him and he's going to be an influence to me because I like him. Right. You know? And I did that with so... Sort of, so you were sort of understanding that that you can you can make your own decisions. Yeah. You can create your own your own uh, influences and your and and have that you know reflect in your uh, in your playing and, and the way that you approach things. Right. Right. Yeah. And and then from there it just kinda it just it just like my mind just became its own thing. And then I just started watching other people and listening to other people, listening to different things, listening to different music, like just different things and just really just really accepting the love of music for what it is and really accepting musicianship for what it is and not saying you know I like this type of drummer I like this type of music I like this and this and this and this like after that conversation I'm like you know what it's it, if we're all musicians if we love music if music is this massive universe it's not about what you like. It's 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 about it's about loving music. It's about mm-hmm. having an open mind and an open ear because like music is music. I mean, I understand there's some stuff culturally, like I said before, people resist what they don't understand. And you know, if if there's something that you don't understand, then most likely you won't listen to it or right. most likely you'll be like, "Yeah, that's not my cup of tea." But like, dude, just listen to it anyway, because you never know, like, you never know what you're missing. And if you listen closely, you might learn a thing or two, something that nobody else will learn just because you put yourself in the position to be open minded. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. And it's such a valuable point, a valuable lesson of like, 
you gotta even if you don't like it, you have to at least respect it. You at least have to see what it's about. See, you know, even if you're you listen to it and you're like, you know what, I hate this. That's fine. Right. But like But at least but, you gave it a chance. Right. You know? At least you gave yep. it a chance. And and if you've come to the conclusion that it's something that you just don't dig, well, you have a right to form that opinion because you went through the work and you dedicated the time to at least listening to it, to at least trying to figure it out. Yep. You know? So it's you like, owe it to yourself, right? Yeah. Sure. But lots of people don't even do that. They don't even do that. They don't spend the time. They don't, you know, they, they just hear something for three seconds. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, no, that, that's not me. Right. Yeah. You know, I, I play this. This is what I do. Okay. Like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, then, okay. Then that's why you sound like the way you do. Yeah. Um, so, so you, so getting around, get, changing your environment, getting around other people. I, I want to ask you about that. And because a lot of like the word networking pops into my head, right? Which I, the concept I like, the, the word and sort of the negative connotation I hate. Uh, so I always change it to just building relationships and you want to build, you want right. to, you know, you want to build legitimate relationships. Mm-hmm. What, what's your advice for getting, getting in a new environment, getting, you know, hanging out with a different group of people. Cause a lot of times it's like, Oh, these are my boys. Like I, you know, I can't just right. like stop hanging out with them. It's like, well, right. yeah, you can, if you don't want to, keep going in the same direction that they are. But how do you get into a new social circle? How do you get into a new network? How do you, you know, start making friends with, with musicians who you want to make friends with without seeming needy and being like, Hey man, can I have a gig? Um, I, I would say just being human. Lots of, lots of people in social circles, they, they tend to like really, um, I guess like, um, I don't know, like with, with like social circles, it's, it's weird because sometimes if you want to hang with a certain caliber of musician, sometimes you feel like you have to prove yourself again, you're seeking that validation, right? Like name dropping or whatever name, else, Yeah, name dropping and all that other stuff. And it's just like, man, it's like, okay, that that's cool. Like, oh, you know that person? Cool. I know that person too. Right. You know, um, um, and it's just like, I mean, I guess you just got to get out there and do it. You, you just got to get out there and do it. And you can't really like me. I look at everyone as human. You know, I'm I talk to I have a lot of friends who are musicians. Right. Um, and they're all successful. Every single one of them. And again, it's, it's the human element of everything. It's, it's the fact that, man, you're a great musician. I am too. I, I respect you and I can relate to you. I appreciate what you do. That's the reason why I want to hang out with you. That's the reason why I want to make music with you. I want to pick your brain. I want to talk to you. Let's become friends, you know? And mm-hmm. it's not, it's not, you don't have to disconnect or excommunicate the people who you're already friends with. But, you know, if, if, if there's a level that you're trying to get to, you know, a part of getting to that level is hanging around the people who are in the environment that you want to 
get into. And you just got to do it. You just have to do it. Like, Like, for me, I look at every... I look at everybody as they're human, you know, like, um, like the first time I met Jonathan Scales, I was just me. (laughs) And it's like, that's what a lot of people will say is that Mason is Mason. You know, I'm, I'm just me and it doesn't matter. I don't care who you are. Like, I don't care who you are. You could, you could be, you could be the, the, the the ambassador of the government with medals all down your jacket and i'm still going to be me and i'm going to treat you like a human too mm-hmm. you know like i i understand that your occupation is awesome and that you are great at what you do but i mean there are lots of people who are great at what they do right <laughs> it's a valid point <laughs> So, you know, just because you do what you do doesn't mean I have to change how I act in order to be cool with you. Right. You know, and I don't have to, you know, it it kills me sometimes how, like, sometimes people take who they are to society to become someone that they're not. Right. You know, it's like I get Mm -hmm. messages from random people every day from all over the world about drums, about music, about guitar, about producing, about Base about mixing about a lot of things and i reply to them because they are human and i am too and i just want to see everybody make it but there's those people who are just like you know oh i don't i don't have to reply to this person because they don't deserve to talk to me. some people think like that right oh this person's not on my level so i'm not going to associate myself with this person like mm-hmm. what <laughs> Like I also think it goes the other way too, because I get I get a lot of emails too, and a lot of it, not a lot, but sometimes you get an email where it's like, you know, there's no thought that was put into the email, right, right, and you're like, I feel like if you're if you're gonna email someone, then you should be because I know that you know I've how many people I've reached out to for this podcast, I feel like you should be at least respectful. Right, And you should value the person's time, especially if you're asking them to email you back or come on a podcast or, or, you know, or answer questions for you or something like that. Like if you're going to approach someone, like have a little bit of humility and also you got to respect the the person that you're, that you're trying to contact or talk to or whatever it is, instead of just assuming and just being like, yo man, why haven't you emailed me back? And you're like, Oh Oh, you just emailed me yesterday. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. I, I've been in situations like that too, and they're pretty awkward. Right. Right. Uh, like I've, We're not going to talk about how my, my pushy, uh, my pushy tactics to get you on the podcast. We won't talk about those. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like I've, I've, I've had people, man, just, just like come at me way left or, or like, um, like they'll send me a message, right? And then I'll see it, but the moment I see it, they don't realize that that I am literally sitting on a stage, and the show starts in 35 seconds. Right. And I was on my phone, and I saw the message really quick, didn't even get a chance to read it. On your side, it says, seen. 
On my side, I am on stage halfway across the world about to play an extremely big show with a lot of very important people in the audience, backstage and on stage. I have a job to do. This is what I'm doing. And then after that, I have to break down. I have to do an interview. I have to pack up the stuff. I have to go back to the hotel room. I have to get rest. Then I need to get on a plane. And then it's like I never have a chance to reply until maybe whenever I get a chance to. But before that chance comes, that person's just cussing me out. Oh, so you're too good. You know, you, you see my message. You can't reply. You can't do this. You can't do that. Oh, yeah, Mason. I thought you were, you know, you, I thought you were a better guy, man. Man, you're just, man, you're, you're such a, like, what? First of all, <laughs> like, you don't know what I've been through over the last 24 hours. Right. I don't you're, owe you anything, first of all. Yeah. And, you know? Yeah, even then, that that's that's not my approach. And 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 even when people do come at me like that, you know, I just, still I'm human, but I'm not just I'm not going to disrespect them back. I'm just going to be no. like, hey, no, 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 no. I'm sorry that you feel this way, but honestly, I've been extremely busy, and when I clicked on the message, like it was really by accident. Not because I, I was just in the middle of stuff and like, you know, I was trying to pull up my Dropbox app. And when I did that, your message notification went across the screen at the second I was trying to press the stems for this backing track, which opened up your message, which made you seem or which made you think that I saw the message. When right after I clicked on your notification by accident, I had to go back into the app and continue doing what I was doing. Right. People don't think about that stuff. They, they do not think about that stuff. You know, and then when you explain it to them, they're like, oh, I am so sorry, man. I'm like, it's all cool. How can I help you? <laughs> right. Exciting news from Sweetwater all month of July is drum month. And every week they're doing different prizes and different deals and financing options and all sorts of stuff. One, they're giving away a $5,000 DW kit with a ton of add-ons. And you can go to sweetwater.com forward slash giveaway for that sweetwater.com forward slash giveaway. Also this week, July 22nd to the 28th, they're having Evan's kick drum head savings. And to learn more, you can go to sweetwater.com and the link is pretty long. So I'm going to put it in the show notes of this episode. So if you go to drummersresource.com, check out the show notes from this episode and you can find the link to this week's deal at Sweetwater, but it is Evan's kick drum heads, but They have all sorts of savings going on this month at Sweetwater because it's drum month and everyone knows that, uh, you know, drummers are the best. So Sweetwater wants to hook us up with some deals. So check them out. Go to Sweetwater.com. Go to Sweetwater.com forward slash giveaway if you want to win a DW kit. And uh, definitely check out the deals. Check out the show notes for this episode as well if you want to get the link for this month's or I'm sorry, this week's deals. Check them out. Sweetwater.com. Before we get back into this conversation with Mason, I want to tell you about a really cool event that's happening in Montreal on August 1st from 7 to 10 p.m. They are having one of those dream symbol hangs that I've mentioned before. It's a way for you to check out some dream symbols. It's a way for you to listen to them, meet the dream team, 
the dream team meet the guys from dream and also if you want to purchase some symbols you can do that as well and the cool thing is sam fuggerino from interpol is going to be there who was on the podcast before and the easiest way to go is to just rsvp by going to or emailing dreamhang at dreamsymbols.com. Space is extremely limited and you will get the address of where this is going to be in Montreal uh, once you RSVP because they don't want the address just out there for obvious reasons. But email dreamhang at dreamsymbols.com. And remember, space is extremely limited. It's free to go. Uh, so check that out for sure. Now let's get back into it with Mason. It's difficult when you're when you get hit up a lot, right? Yeah. Just because it's all time. It right. all comes down to time. So it's like a minute with you, thirty seconds for you, a minute with you, five seconds or five minutes with you. Like it starts to add up. Right. And and we're all busy. Everyone's busy. Everyone's time is valuable. And I think that I think that we need to all be conscious of that when we're talking to people, connecting with people, whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. Um and I think that's just a really important lesson. And and what I've learned over the the many the too many years that I've spent on this earth so far uh, <laughs> is that most people are nice people. Yeah. Most people are genuinely nice people. They want to do nice things for other people. They want to be treated well. They want to treat others well. Right. And I think when someone sends you a message and you don't respond, we automatically go into like this defense mode yeah. where you're like offended by it or you or it, you know it's like it it bruises your ego and then all of a sudden we flip this switch and then we're like well f that guy and, that, right. and we get and we get all angry where it's like why don't you take a step back and see what the actual situation is and uh and realize that we all have other stuff going on and and you know social media is just an ancillary part of that right and uh let's just I don't know. Like you said, let's let's all be human and yeah. understand that everyone else is human too. I think that's a very important message. Yeah. Yeah. No matter what your occupation is. Right. Yeah. Right. You wouldn't be. You know. I think a lot of times, if you're a musician or or you sort of just work in a creative field, people think that you're sort of always available. But if you're if someone was a doctor and you were sending them messages. And they weren't getting back to you. You wouldn't be like, yo, man, what are you doing? They'd be like, sorry, I was operating on someone. <laughs> you right. know? Or like if you're a lawyer and we all know how like how court hours are. Jesus. Right. Like, right. You know, it's just like you wouldn't you wouldn't come back to that lawyer and be like, yeah, man, you know what? Screw you. You know, I paid you ten thousand dollars for this case. I sent you an email. and You never reply. What? Like, <laughs> oh, like I have been there's a before you came along. There's a case that I've been working on for like. 10 years now, like a murder that happened 10 years ago. So like, why are you like, (laughs) right. And today was the verdict, (laughs) right? You know, and you hit me up two days ago and now you're getting back at me with, you know, like what? It's funny. So I, the, the big takeaway for, for that is have some perspective. Yeah. Remember that other people have other things going on and that we're all human. And we're all just trying to figure it out. Yeah. Uh, so we we talked about mindset. We talked about changing your environment. Do you think that those are the, are the two sort of main, the main points of of really 
getting out like of real growth and of real uh of 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 really you know changing direction in your in your life and and really going down the road that you want to be going down do you think those are the two main things well the third one would be execution executing and the accomplishing most what you set out to do mhm and when it comes to that only time will tell right you know, how do you I, how do you execute the things that you set out to do? Do you have a system? Is there goals, or is there just sort of a a constant thought process that you're going through? Or, um, well, yeah. I mean, I mean, there's many things in my life personally that I strive for on so many different levels of things. You know, as as a musician, I just strive to be the best musician that I possibly can be. You know, um, that is my ultimate goal. You know, for some musicians, it's, man, you know, I'm trying to make $10,000. Okay, cool. For right. some, it's, you know, I want to be famous. Okay, cool. <laughs> you know, for me, it, like, it's just you know, me being the best musician that I can be, that's my goal. And that goal is not going to end or be succeeded until the day that I die. I will never be, I will never be the best musician ever. So to me, that's the ultimate goal because I just want to see how far I can get for my own good. Mm -hmm. Um, and then in, like in other aspects of my life, it's just like, you know, I have different goals for different things. It's just like, as a man, it's like, okay, where do I want to be at the end of the year? You know, where, where do I want to be in my relationship, you know, with a lady? Where do I, where do I want to live three years from now? The things that I'm doing now, what do I want the, what do I want the fruits of the labor to be five years from now, 10 years from now? Are the things that I'm doing now going to provide for me and my family 20 years from now? You know, um, you know, I'm, I'm constantly thinking. I'm constantly thinking and constantly changing my approach and going back to the drawing board every single day and perfecting the, my, my approaches and my mindsets and my mentality in order to get to where I need to get to, mm -hmm. you know, and, and again, it goes beyond music. It, 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 it's like relative to life. It's relative to everyday decisions and things outside of music, um, in music, <laughs> you right. know, there, there should ultimately be a goal and, Executing that goal and making sure that everything that you are doing every single day is getting you one step closer to what your goal is. Therefore, everything that you're doing will not be in vain. You know, I like that. You know, because mm -hmm. having the mentality and the mindset is one thing, but if you don't apply it towards something, then there right. will be nothing at the end of the day. Right. I mean, I know how to get six pack abs. You know what I mean? But right. It's like if I, I can read about it all day, but if I don't right. do it, then I don't have six pack abs. <laughs> right. Right. 
And, and, and that's another thing that, that's another thing too. It's like sometimes people know what needs to be done, but they procrastinate and it just never gets done. Or you think that's fear of failure? Um, or is it just procrastination slash laziness? It may be all of the above. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And again, if you add the human element to it, there's no need to fear failure because no one's perfect. Right. So you're easier said to, than done for sure, but yeah, yes. You're, you're, you're going to fail. You're going to. And it doesn't have to be in a horrifying way. Maybe you're going for a lick and you drop a drumstick in the process. Okay, you failed. Pick it up and go for it again. Right. It's that repetition. It's it's that it's the mentality. Mm. It's, you know, it's it's the push. It's yeah. It's the things that you have made up in your mind to accomplish. Right. One of the things that you said that that you kind of said quickly, but I thought it was really profound is that the day to day decisions that you're making, you know, are they moving you moving you closer to the goal that you have? And I would even add on to that, like you can evaluate every day the things every the things that you're doing every single day you can evaluate and say is this moving me closer or further away from my goal right and my and my my sister it's not jessica, moving me, go ahead my sister jessica she used to say and she still does say man there's only two people in this world there's people who will add to you who you are and there's people who will take away from who you are mm-hmm. and that is so True. When you think about everyone who can become a part of your life in any capacity, you have the people who benefit your life, the people who care, the people who whose opinions are not just aimless opinions, but opinions that carry weight, opinions that carry wisdom, things that you can dissect and internalize to evolve, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And then you just have those people, man, who are just people, people who talk a lot, but really don't really don't, you know, have a have a push or, or have a say in your life or people who are influential in your life, people who are just lingering, people who are just lurking, who who always have something to say. Mm hmm. People who just always want something or want to say something. It's like the two different categories of people. Yeah. And yep. yeah, it's, it's just one of those things. I, I agree, man. I think it's either you're either moving forward or backwards. There is right. no, there is no standing still. Right. Right. Yeah. Cause even, even if you think you're standing still, you're moving backwards because now you're not moving forward. Right. It's yep. like looking at a, it's like looking at a, um, what, what are those things called that read earthquakes? It's like when- Seismograph? When the, yeah. Like when the line is straight, okay, the line is not moving, but the paper is. It's still right. drawing. It's still right. drawing. If even when a treadmill moves, if you stop moving, even if you put the treadmill on the slowest rate of speed, you're not moving, but the treadmill is. Right. You're not moving forward, but you stopped walking forward. And because you stopped walking forward, now you're moving backwards, even though yeah. you're not moving. But whenever you, take a, whenever you take a step forward, 
okay? Okay, now you're making progress. Now you're moving forward. But as soon as you stop, now you're going to start moving back with the treadmill, even though you're not moving. Life is the exact same way. Yep. Progression is the exact same way. You have to keep moving. And even when you stop, you may think you're standing still, but time doesn't stop. Life doesn't Mm -hmm. stop. So even though you think you're standing still, you're, dude, you're moving back. Yep. Even though you're not consciously or purposefully making a deliberate choice or decision to move backwards, you are moving backwards because now you're doing nothing. And because time is moving forward and you're not moving, hey, something's moving back and it's not time. (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely not time. Right. So, yeah, I would have to say that moving forward is is the only way to go. And it, it's okay. It's, it's okay to, to stop and catch your breath for a while. It's okay to stop and meditate. It's okay to get your, to get your thoughts together. It's okay to plan. It's, it's okay to do that. Again, mm-hmm. we are human and we have our minds. We have feelings. And it's, it's okay to, to take a breather. It's okay. Even though F1 racing cars and NASCARs are racing and they're going around the track, They have to make pit stops. There are just certain adjustments that have to be made. When you're playing drums, hey, you can only play until you crack a stick. And when you do that, you got to grab another one in order to keep going. Mm -hmm. So it's okay to, it's, it's okay when, when you're going through something or when you're, you're, you're striving and you're pushing for something and what you're pushing for is so great that it takes a mental and physical toll on you. That is fine. And it is, it's okay to, it's okay to turn the phone off. It's okay to deactivate your Facebook. It's okay to sit in silence and think about what your next move is. Because what your next move is, is going to determine how faster or how further away you get from your goal. So Mm -hmm. even, even in your chilling area, even when you're, even when you are, pondering and thinking about your next move still make sure that your mentality is headed in the right direction make sure that your steps and your your thoughts and everything that you do is headed towards your ultimate goal it's when you change your mentality that things start to change in the physical you know like I said yep. before, you are. I'm. Fucking- I'm. I'm not. I'm listening, but I'm not saying much because I. This is all. Of this is profound. So I'm just. Yeah. Giving you some rope here to go because I. I believe everything that you're saying. I. I believe 100. percent Yeah, and and these are these are all things. That, these are. I'm speaking from experience. I'm not saying this stuff because I'm not living it myself. Right. I'm saying it because I am a product of it. Hmm reason why i'm saying it yeah. i'm not saying it because it sounds good i'm saying it because this is my mentality this is the reason why i am where i am today and this is the reason why i'm going to continue going where i don't where i can't predict where it's going mm-hmm. you know yep i'm i'm living this i'm living this i'm not just talking it i believe it man i mean and you're you know you're the proof is in the pudding so there's not you're not a uh, one of these, you know, one of the, the gurus who write books about stuff that they've never actually done themselves. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there, there's a guy 
on a YouTube named Gundry, who's a watch, a watch collector. And he talks about watches. He's just like the, he just, he just, he knows so much about watches. Mm-hmm. And every single time he releases a video, he has like millions of people on his, his YouTube channel that follow him that right. love watches and, you know, but the way that he runs all of his videos is that he only talks about watches that he's had experience with things that he's right. owned at one period of time. How can you do an interview or talk about something that you don't have any experience with? Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's really cool. Lots of people like to think or approach things hypothetically. That's cool to have hopeful thinking, but hopeful thinking and hypothetical versus the reality of things are two totally separate things. Yep. You know, you, you can fall asleep and then dream in your unconscious mind that you have a million dollars, but then when you wake up and it's just like, oh snap, it was just a dream. Yeah. It's like now the next step is, man, that was a dream, but the dream felt so real. So now it goes deeper. Was this dream a sign? Do I turn this dream that was not literal into a real reality? Or do I just keep it in the dream stage and be content with where I am in real life? Mm -hmm. I think that's profound as well. I do too. I, I, I love the, the, uh, the comment about people living hypothetically and having, and going through the, being able to speak about something that you've gone through. That's why this conversation is super interesting to me because I've, you know, over the last 10 years, I've really gone through that introspective period and, and meditating and mindset and, and understanding, like it blows my mind. Like I literally didn't know that you have complete control over your life until I was like well older than you. Like I legitimately did not know that. How crazy is that? And I believe that there's other people out there who feel the same way, who don't realize that they're in control of their lives. Don't realize they're in control of the people they hang out with, the success that they have, the mindset that they have, how much money they make, what they do for a living, where they live, who they marry, you know, all of that stuff. Understanding that that you're in control of that is is eye-opening to say the least. That goes back to the very first thing I said about being in a prison. Yep. You're in a prison and you, you don't realize that you have access to all of these things and that you accessing, accessing them is is all upon you man if there's Mm -hmm. a woman that you want to marry if there's a woman that has your heart there is nothing if she is not taken there is nothing as a man that you cannot do to let her know that she is the one and you know what it goes beyond the words now you have to put your actions to it and when you put your actions to it she will see and she will feel and she will also know you know, that's like, yep. that's an example. You know, yeah. it's, it's yeah. just like, if there's anything you want, anything is possible. Absolutely anything. But you obtaining it and getting it and perfecting it, that is all on you. If you want, if you want that dream car, hey, you can get it. Mm-hmm. You can get anything in life that you want to. If I say right now, I want to build a car out of toothpicks. <laughs> like, you do it. I can do it. 
Yeah. There are enough toothpicks in the world for me to somehow get and somehow start building a car out of toothpicks. Yep. Anything. There's a dude who built a four a seven forty seven out of paper. You are lying. No. Wait, is that on YouTube? Yeah, I'll send it to you. <laughs> oh God. I'm a big avi- I'm a big aviation guy too, so Dude, I am too. Do you yeah. do you fly? Uh I don't fly I mean I fly a lot, <laughs> but I'm not a pilot, no. Oh man, you gotta get your I have a PPLA I, I have a PPL license in aviation. I have four hundred hours. Nice. That's so the I, that's one of the uh that's a, a next for me is getting my pilot's license. Yeah, yeah. So I, I fly, fly, fly. Gotcha. I wanted yeah, to be I do, in the Air Force. I do not. I wanted I wanted to be in the Air Force. So I'm actually trained to fly an A ten Warthog. Really? Yes, sir. That's awesome. Who oh man, who did I have on here that wanted to be who wanted to be in the Air Force? They were going to fly, and they found out that they weren't able to because was it? Man, I wanted to. Was it Ulysses Owens? Oh, really? Maybe no. Don't 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 go go to Ulysses and be like no, I I'm heard because I'm, I'm like maybe it wasn't him. Because yeah, I inter there was a couple. I interviewed like four people all in like a day or two. And I specifically remember those clusters of interviews. One of those people, like, you know what? Maybe it was Larnell Lewis. I think it was Larnell Lewis. Larnell Lewis is another one of my good friends. I was just I'm with him. Pretty, I'm pretty sure it was Larnell that he, yeah, he was. I'm pretty sure he was like, he was all, he was like in the math science, wanted to go, wanted to be a pilot. And uh, there was, he had a, medical condition where he couldn't do it or I'm probably somebody's probably listening to this and they're going to go talk to Larnell about it. He's going to be like, I don't know what you're talking about, but yeah, <laughs> but it was, it was one of those guys. I, I did the interview. I, I just can't remember. Uh, they all ran together. Like I said, I did like four interviews in, in a day or two or something like that. So wow. anyway, we're, we're getting sidetracked. So yes, <laughs> uh, there's a guy who built a plane out of paper and also uh, I do believe that, that anything is impossible. And like you said, but the execution is on you. The execution, and right. The you can read as many books as you have or listen to as many podcasts as you want and get all hyped up and pumped up and tomorrow I'm going to go do it. But if tomorrow comes and you just sit on your ass all day, yeah. nothing is going to happen. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Zero. Yep. Zero. Zero. And like So I, I want to re- recap this again. So first, you got to change your mindset. Two, mm-hmm. you got to change your environment. Three, you need to execute. Uh, you, I could be wrong, but you seem like someone who reads a lot. Um, I read every now and again. Do you have any, is there any books that you recommend that people to read? Um, whether it be mindset or whether it be sort of personal development or whether it be music or. Let me see here. I got some, a few books in my drawer here. Let me see. I have a book called. There's a few books in here. I have a book called The Official Dictionary of Sarcasm. <laughs> I like that. By James Napoli. Funny book. The next book I have in my drawer here is Star Wars, The Jedi Path. There you go. Another, another great book. Star Wars is really deeper than a lot of people think. Um, let's if see I tell you else. something, can we, can we still be friends? Oh yeah, of course. I've never seen Star Wars. All right. Any of any of them. It's, 
we have to do that. <laughs> I thought you were gonna be like, all right, we're done. I gotta, I get this oh, no. uh, thing. I gotta no. run. It's it's on now. It's on. <laughs> now I gotta get you hit Star Wars. All right. And. All right, so at this point, Mason starts talking about Star Wars, and he goes into his whole entire explanation of Star Wars, which is absolutely amazing. I'm not even a Star Wars fan. Like I mentioned in here, I've never seen Star Wars. I know nothing about it. And his explanation of it excuse me, was very, very good. So if you're into hearing it, keep listening. If not, fast forward for about 20 minutes, and you can skip over all of this, because I know it's not super drum-related, but very, very related to the conversation that we were already having, so it may be worth the listen. Just wanted to give you the heads up. Now, with Star Wars, um, it's very, Star Wars is, oh man, this rabbit hole is about to be crazy. You're gonna, you're, you're probably about to be, oh my god, shut up. Um, okay. So, Star Wars is interesting. It's it's pretty basic, okay? Star Wars is filled with many, many, many real-life lessons, okay? Mm-hmm. And it starts with understanding who everybody is and what they do, okay? So, obviously, and everybody's character Okay? And what I mean by mm-hmm. character, I don't mean by who they act in the movie. I mean, I mean their character, their approach to situations, their approach to life. So, I'm pretty sure we can start with the lightsaber. Every everybody knows what a lightsaber is. I actually have a real one. It's sitting right here on my dresser. It's the V1 lightsaber that Luke Skywalker had. I'm holding it in my hand right now. And you can probably see pictures with me randomly with it on my Instagram, I have a real lightsaber. I mean, it doesn't chop people in half, but <laughs> it's, it's a real, it's a real, real hilt that is motion sensitive. It makes real sounds and nice. you, you can charge it. You can actually press the button. The lights come on. You can open it up. There's a kyber crystal inside. Like it's crazy. It's very loud. And <laughs> like you hit something with it, it goes like, it's crazy. So, I have some family um, who actually work at Disney World in California who are real-life Jedis on the Disney Star Wars show Mm -hmm. uh, in California. Um, Kwame Adams was the head Jedi, um, and that's my family. And everybody... Well, there's lots of people, a few men in my family have lightsabers. And when you are a lightsaber yielder, that's a serious thing because, you know, a lightsaber is who you are. It defines who you are. Okay. So if we start with the lightsaber, we have a few different colors of saber. I'm pretty sure everybody has seen the blue. Okay. The blue is for the Jedi. Those the blue the blue sabers for the the Jedi's and the Jedi's only see life one way. The Jedi's are super good people. Um super good people. So good that their logic is beyond human. If it's not good then it's bad. It's it's pretty cut, cutthroat straight. You know what I mean? Right. 
And to some, people will say that's a good thing. Jedis are good people. But a high concentration of one thing is never good. Yeah. Um, you know, so the Jedis are good people. They have very, very, very good intentions, but they are very feelingless when it comes to other people's opinions. If you're not a Jedi, then your opinion does not matter. Okay? Sounds like my dad. Right. Sorry. <laughs> so then, oh, dang, you just got your dad out of here. Okay. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm not kidding, but I, 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 I give him shit about it all the time, so... Okay, so then you have the total, the total polar opposite of um, a Jedi, which is the Sith. Those are the people with the red sabers, okay? They are 100% evil. The total polar opposite of what a Jedi is, okay? Mm -hmm. The reason why the Sith, their saber is red is because there's a thing... When, whenever somebody in the universe is assembling their saber, they use the force to assemble their saber. A lightsaber is not something that you can buy in the universe. Mm. A lightsaber is something that your heart and your mind put together. Gotcha. Okay? So the lightsaber chooses you. No, not you choose the lightsaber. Now, there was a few lightsabers in the Star Wars trilogy that were handmade. Um, but for the most part, you have to use the Force to assemble them. You have to close your eyes and you have to meditate. You have to go to a planet to get this thing called the Kyber Crystal, which powers, which is the power source of the lightsaber. The Kyber Crystal is what determines what color the blade is. The kyber crystal connects to the mind and the heart of the person who yields the lightsaber. So when you look at the Sith and their lightsaber is red, it's because they made the kyber crystal bleed, which is 100% evil. When you look at the Jedi, their lightsaber is blue because they are pure. They are good people. Okay? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So now we get into Master Yoda. Okay, Master Yoda's right. lightsaber is green. Qui Gon Jinn is also green. Okay, when you have a green lightsaber, okay. So even with my lightsaber, my lightsaber is green, and it's green for a reason. I wouldn't say that I'm a Jedi. I'm definitely not a Sith, but my lightsaber is green. So the people who have the green sabers are either two types of people. A gray Jedi, which I will explain what that is in a sec, and a counselate. Okay. Master Yoda, even though he was short and green, people are like, oh, he's green, so his saber's green. No. <laughs> his saber's green because he's a counselate, and he is a master. He is a Jedi master. Master Yoda is the highest level of power that you will probably ever encounter in Star Wars universe. Master Yoda is extremely powerful, okay? But he's mm -hmm. also a counselor. And the thing about the people with green sabers is that they would rather handle conflict through talking 
and voice of reason. Okay. The mm-hmm. Jedi, the Jedi, they will fight you if you are negative. If if you go against anything good, the Jedi's they're striking up their sabers and they're fighting until the death. The Sith, anything they want to kill you just because they're evil. Right. The council, okay, they are very slow to fighting. They would rather so if you ever watch Star Wars, you'll notice that Master Yoda he would rather talk to his enemy before fighting them. But if you piss Yoda off to the point to where he turns on his saber, you are going to die. Hmm. Because now you've pissed him off to the point to now, like, he's beyond his words. Now he wants to fight. And now that he wants to, the only way for you to survive is if you run away. That's how powerful, gotcha. how powerful he is. So the consulates are very, very, very slow to fighting because they, they are very aware of how powerful they are. But when they take out their lightsaber, it is, it is sudden death unless you run away. Like Count uh, Dooku, the reason why he survived is because he created an illusion or an evasion and he got a chance to, he got a chance to run away and flee from the fight before Master Yoda could kill him because Master Yoda was that powerful. And then you got people like Qui-Gon Jinn, okay? Qui-Gon was a gray Jedi. Um, And what I mean by gray Jedi is a gray Jedi is a person who makes their choices based off of their own logic and reason. Now, remember how I told you the Jedi are all good mm-hmm. they're like one tract 100 good right. you have the sith that are 100 bad okay in the middle you have the gray jedi the gray jedi have good intentions very good intentions but they also use their logic and their voice of reason to make decisions on their own so a gray Jedi is a person who will encounter a Sith and listen to what the Sith has to say and make the choice on if they agree to agree with it or not. That's why gray Jedis are, they have the propensity to be pulled towards the dark side, but then a gray Jedi for the most part is really, really positive. They work with the Jedi. Um, <laughs> For example, this is all really interesting to me. Yeah. So young Luke Skywalker, the boy, remember, I don't know if you've ever seen anything about Star Wars, but there's a little boy in Star Wars. Pretend I know nothing about Star Wars. Okay. So there's this little boy, (laughs) uh, little Luke, Anakin Skywalker. And um, when he was young, Qui-Gon Jinn brought him to the consulate, the Jedi consulate and said, I have a feeling about this boy. And I want to train him to be a Jedi. The consulate said, no, do not do it because he is too old. Okay. The thing Mm -hmm. about Jedis is that Jedis are taken away from their families at birth. They don't know their parents. They're taken away from their parents at birth and they are trained. They are trained to be a Jedi from birth. So they're detached from society and they're thrown to to become a Jedi. 
So that's why Jedis are kind of one-track minded, because they have no feeling or emotion. Sith are totally evil. Okay, then you have the gray Jedi, which is more human, who is a person who can make their own choices and decide on what battles they want to fight. Um, so when Qui-Gon Jinn brought the boy to the consulate, the boy was already of, he was like seven years old, which is way too old to become a Jedi or even begin training for a Jedi because like, you know how to feel, you know, you've been exposed to things that you should not have been exposed to, which will mess with the way that you um, approach certain situations, um, which will in turn turn against you. And then you'll find yourself in a situation to where you'll be tempted to do something wrong and you can actually get pulled to do that wrong thing versus do the right thing. Right. The reason why Jedis are so good is because they are taken away from society and they are forced to approach life a certain way. That's why the Jedis are 100% good and anything other than that is bad. Mm. So when you have somebody like Qui-Gon Jinn, he took it upon himself to teach the boy the Jedi ways even though the council had told him not to anyway. That makes him a gray Jedi because he's free to make his own choices. A Jedi, right. if the council tells the Jedi, no, don't do this, then the Jedi will listen and not ask any questions. Mm -hmm. But a gray Jedi feels like he has a choice or an opinion to make his own choices in life. So Qui-Gon Jinn made the choice to teach the boy even after they told him not to. So he ended up teaching the boy. The boy grew up. Guess who that boy turned it out to be? Turned out to be. That young boy who was brought up by Qui-Gon Jinn to be a Jedi turned into one of the Sith Lords that we know as Darth Vader. So Darth Vader was once a good guy, but he got pulled huh. to the dark side and he became evil because he was exposed to feeling and he felt like he had a right to make his own choices and opinions. So a Sith got into his head and pulled him from the light to the dark and he became Darth Vader. So when you look at that innocent young Anakin Skywalker as a boy who grew up being taught the right ways of life, learning how to be a good kid and you know, fight everything that's bad and use the force for a good reason. You had someone who got into his head and said, you know what, you'll be more powerful the more eviler you become. And the evil side won. Huh. And he became Darth Vader. So Star Wars is really, really, really deep. And that's a life that that is that's a life metaphor right there. Yeah. So it's like you can use your power for whatever reason you want to in life. But you also have to understand that for whatever reason you use your power for, for whatever reason you use the force for, you have to be able to suffer the consequence for whatever you choose in life. Right. Anakin, young Anakin started off as a good kid 
and turned into a Sith because of his choices and the people that he hung around and the opinions that he let people turn him into who he was instead of being solid and having his own mind and his own determination and being his own person. He chose to fall into the trap of listening to other people's opinions. And those opinions cost him his life. Hmm. You know what, man? I think you may have just, you may have convinced me to, to watch Star Wars. I think you have. First it's, person to ever do it. Yeah, like lots of people, I mean, for, like Star Wars is cool, but it's about the principle of it. Right, right. That's what I'm saying. That's why I think that you just convinced me. <laughs> Yeah. So when you start from the beginning and you watch all of the movies in order, you'll see how everything happens. You know, but right. again, there's like there's so many Star Wars movies. And what I pretty much did was I just explained, I tried to explain in a nutshell what the trilogy is, which are the main Star Wars movies. Right. And yeah, like it's it's just an awesome, it's an awesome approach. And to me, what I get from Star Wars is, once again, be true to yourself. And with the decisions that you make in life, be ready for the consequences. If you choose to listen to other people's opinions, if somebody says jump off of a bridge and you do it, guess what? That person, it's funny. Somebody could stand at the top of a bridge and say, wow, there's water down there. If I jump, do you think I'll die? And that person says, I don't know. Water is soft, so you shouldn't die. You should be able to fall right through it and survive. Cool. Since I don't have the power or the self-esteem to make my own decisions because I'm a weak person and I seek validation from my friends who don't care about me, cool, let me jump off this bridge just because you say it's safe to. So now they jump off the bridge and now they're dead. And guess what? That person who gave their opinion to you is now saying, who's looking at you floating in the water, is saying, oh, wow, I guess, I guess you can't survive jumping off a bridge. Why did he listen to me? Right. That's what listening to opinions will get you. Nowhere. Or dead. Boom. That's it. Yeah. That, I mean, I love it. I could like I could I could continue to have this conversation uh forever and I I appreciate you I appreciate you taking so much time uh to to sit down and chat with me man this stuff is super important and I know it's super important for the audience as well to to hear this stuff and it's it's one thing for me to preach about it but it's another it's another thing to hear it from from other people and for you know for people like yourself to chime in so I appreciate you for that and Man, this has been great. Where where should I where should I direct people if they want to follow you? Like, should they go to your website, Instagram? Where's the Where's the place where you're most active? Um, I try to be active everywhere, so it really doesn't matter. Okay, I'll send. I'll I'll put uh I'll put all your info in the show notes to make sure that that everyone can find you. And dude, I just want to I want to thank you again. I appreciate your time. I appreciate your insight, and uh, I think this is a an extremely powerful episode and and I just I really do appreciate it. And I appreciate you for even for even thinking of me to even 
come on here. Like I, I know this is something that you do and it's, it's your thing. I don't even know how you even know about me or anything, but you know, I'm, it, I'm just grateful that, you know, I, you even called me to be on here and to talk and just, I don't know where any of this that has happened over the last two hours. I don't know where any of it came from. It, it just happened, but I'm, I'm grateful that you thought of me, um, to, to come on here and chat a little bit. Of course, man. The pleasure yeah. has been all mine. I can assure you that. So, uh, again, I appreciate it. You're welcome to come back anytime and hopefully we can, uh, we can have a more in-depth conversation in person soon, man. Oh, absolutely. Anytime. Just hit me up. You already know. Thank you.
So there you have it, the one and only Mason Guidry. And there are a lot of things that I talked about throughout this episode, whether it be the Dream Hang or the Sweetwater giveaway or the Drummer's Resource giveaway and all that kind of stuff. If you just go to Drummer's Resource and check out the show notes for this episode, all of those links will be in there because you may be driving or at the gym or whatever and you can't remember all these links. So go to drummersresource.com and all of the links will be in the show notes for this episode, episode 503. So do that, win some cool prizes obviously uh you don't want to miss out on that because again it's free to enter and there's some really really amazing prizes both from sweetwater and from drummers resource for the 500th episode giveaway and until the next podcast keep drumming thank you so so much for listening and i'll be talking to you soon peace